Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the review show for episode 42 with guest Joe Morn from the Good Law Project. I'm Progress Deputy Editor Connor Pope and I'm joined by my colleague Hannah Shah. First of all, apologies if there's any noises in the background of this week's show. <laughs> we are in the middle of, uh, of the heatwave and we just could not live with the windows being shut today. So if there's any <laughs> building works in the background, uh, I apologise for that. But if the windows were closed, there would be no podcast. Um, <laughs> in Tuesday's podcast, we spoke with uh, Joe Morton about court cases he's pursuing in areas like tax avoidance, workers' rights and Brexit as a way of campaigning for a more progressive society. Um, this involves cases against companies like Uber, who he says owes the British Exchequer about a billion pounds in tax. Um, Amazon is another big company that often comes up in conversations about how much tax big companies should be paying, and definitely in conversations about workers' rights and how employees should be treated. And there was an article on Forbes' website this week that Henna brought to my attention. This article argued that Amazon has done such a good job at being the world's biggest book provider, they should run public libraries as well. Um, Obviously, in an age of austerity, libraries have had funding cuts, many have closed down, and this argument goes, wouldn't it be better to have a bit of private enterprise to make them feel vital again? Now, Henna, I got the feeling that you had some strong opinions about this. I have some very strong opinions about this. And I don't know about many things, do I? Um, (laughs) The reason this caught my attention was because, one, I'm a massive nerd and love books, but also, two, because actually my very first job was a Saturday job in my local library. And I saw it and it caught my attention that this is a very, it's a very economics-y way to look at something. Like, it ignores all the other functions that libraries serve. And mm. what it brought to mind was, as I discussed with you earlier, Connor, like, loads of Stories I have from my time working as a library assistant, yeah, okay, so I check books in, check books out, organise things according to the Dewey Decimal System. I know incredibly well, it is incredibly boring. Um, But actually, all the different people I met, so lots of people who were homeless and needed support, uh, accessing council services who maybe didn't have access to a computer at home or didn't know how to use a technology or didn't know their way around bureaucracy but Mm. also um, people who didn't speak English mothers who didn't speak English trying to access support for their children uh, people who were homeless who just wanted somewhere warm and comfortable and safe to be during the day Um, and actually we often forget that 
homeless people enjoy books too. Like it's a nice social environment where they can come and do something, uh, which I think from speaking to homeless people in the past is something that you really lose when you lose a home. And also I remember one time really clearly when I was talking to a woman and she was at her wit's end with her landlord and she had no idea how to access any kind of support to deal with someone who was clearly exploiting her. Mm. And the first place she came, because the first place that she knew where she could speak to someone and get help was the library. Yeah. And seeing that article just sort of set something off of me that made me think that actually we ignore the social functions of so many of these things. And especially as we see libraries being cut back because local authorities can't afford them, we need to remember the actual social value of them. Absolutely. And, you know, um, one of the progressive arguments that comes up a lot when talking about libraries is about the access that uh, people without money can have to books that they wouldn't otherwise have. Mm. And that is such an important element of libraries and it's certainly one that has affected people in my family and people I know incredibly well and in fact libraries are still absolutely fantastic at that I know that some people kind of when they maybe go into libraries Mm. and they look at the selection that is an offer and not think it's very good Mm. but actually if you go to the desk they will literally order you any book in the world my mum still goes and does it really regularly despite the fact that you know you can easily buy whatever book you want for like 10p on Amazon Mm. because she's got a library around the corner and if a new book comes out she'll go and ask them and they will sort it out for her but I think you made a really interesting point which is the broader social good that libraries have and that definitely uh, privately run institutions simply would not feel the need to provide I, I as a child I was taken to our local library every Monday after school uh, and I would get one book out read it and take it back the next Monday um, and I just looked up before we did this about what uh, that library provides. And on the website, it says, number one, books for Mm. leisure and study. But also, newspapers and magazines, computers offering free internet, information services, local history, family history, talking books, printing, scanning, fax, and copying facilities, welcome spaces Mm. to relax, chat, read, or study, community living room, homework help, learning courses, holiday activities, story times and development sessions, author visits, reading groups, meeting rooms for hire, and toilet facilities. And actually, when I look back at that, I thought there was three or four particularly Mm. interesting ones. One of them was the computers that you said. People, um, actually the town that I'm from in in Blackburn has one of the highest rates of people who have not accessed the internet in the past three months in the country. I didn't know this fact until it came up randomly in um, an article I read, genuinely, in Progress magazine a few months ago, (laughs) (laughs) um, which I'll link to at the bottom. Um, but the other, the other really interesting stuff was welcoming spaces to relax, chat, read or study. And that they specifically say relax, chat, read or study. Yeah. It does not say that, you know, if you're not studying, you've got to leave. Yeah. You can literally just go there and chat to a friend. And toilet facilities as well, I thought was a really interesting one. The space thing is really interesting. I think for lots of people we saw as well, if you come from a big family and you're on top of five or six siblings, sort of there came a certain time of the year where the place was just packed with young people working, but also, you know, young people hanging out, chatting. We may have had to break up a few liaisons of various descriptions. (laughs) May or may not have been quite a fun part of my job, uh, telling teenagers off for snogging in the library. Um, But 
it's true that it's a really social space. And you know, they are social hubs. And so your your first um, job was working in a library. Mine was working in a pub. Actually, they sound remarkably similar mm-hmm. jobs, other than the Dewey Decimal System, which I'll admit did not often come up in the Royal Oak. <laughs> but um, but actually, that place where people can sit and chat with friends is a really important element, um, and it is something that is a social good, and that local government should provide. I think now the NEC. Yes. NEC ballots for Labour's uh, National Executive Committee have started to drop this week. Listeners should look in your inbox for an email. Usually they're sent from the Electoral Reform Services. Uh, That will give you a code. You're able to log Mm. on from there to cast your vote. It's really easy. It takes a minute at tops. Um, There are nine places up for election with all party members getting a vote. Hannah, why is the NEC election important? It's really interesting because lots of people think, oh, the NEC, it's just an internal Labour Party thing, doesn't really matter to me. But actually, it really does. So when we think about adopting the IHRA definition of anti-Semitism, the Labour Party chose not to adopt that because the NEC voted against it. So you clearly see it has a real implication on what Labour Party policy and the direction of the party is. And... It takes you two minutes. We have some great candidates running. I think one minute, but you, you, two is fine. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> if you have the time to listen to this review show, you've got the time to vote yeah, for absolutely. some fantastic candidates who are going to stand up for the rights of Jewish people in our party, try and make sure that Labour members have a say on Brexit, and generally make sure that we have a broad church party that we can all be proud of. And that's the important thing. Great. I'll put the names of the candidates that we here at Progress are supporting in this election underneath in the show notes but just to quickly rattle them off they are Luke Akehurst, Lisa Baines, Joanna Baxter, Jasmine Beckett, Edda Kazimoglu, Gurinder Singh Josan, Mariana Masters, Heather Pito and Mary Wimbry. They are all really worth your vote. Finally mm. our political pub quiz question this week oh, yes. was uh where Bolton West Labour Party is having its CLP meeting this week. I believe it's tonight actually so I'm ready. Last night wasn't it? Thursday? Last night, yes. Well, I, I mean, I'm sure the pictures will be filtering through this Friday morning of the vast thousands and thousands of people who attended the Bolton West CLP. This was after an email about the meeting was accidentally sent to hundreds of thousands of Labour members over the weekend. <laughs> um, I didn't actually receive the email, but you did. Did you not? No, I'm very... You're I'm clearly very not on the special list that I am then. <laughs> no, I, I don't know whether I'm on a... The special list that's blacklisted from this kind of uh, uh, jocularity. Um, we had a, a few people who um, who sent in. Uh, no one actually who wrote in got the answer right. It was on the email. I, well, but not all of us got the email. Jim Robbins uh, sent a message saying, I'm gutted. Not only did I not get an invite to Bolton West CLP meeting, I can't even answer the pub quiz question. I think... Jim was the first to respond. It was about 7am on Tuesday morning when he sent that message. So I think we can give him a progress mug. That is, if he's not on that list, if he feels left out... You're on our list, Jim. You're on our list. <laughs> Jim, do send your name and address to office at progressonline.org.uk and we will send you a mug. Please do remember to send in any comments and questions that you have and we'll answer them. Leave a review, rate and subscribe on iTunes and Progressive Britain will be back on Tuesday next week. Thanks for listening.
Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code MOM.